Rationally Writing. I'm Daystar Eld. And I'm Alexander Wheels. And today we've got a special guest, Valorian. Valorian is a writer of March for Death, which is a Naruto Rational Quest that's been going on for seven years now, is that right? I believe so. Yeah, and he is co-writing it with Eagle Jarl and another couple writers who occasionally help out. And yeah, we're lucky enough to have him here with us together at a writing retreat. So I figured a good time to do another one of these recordings. So yeah, what are we talking about today? So what we're kind of going to suggest today is civilized fiction and reader feedback. Yes. And ways in which we can make use of it. Right, right. So yeah, this is going to be episode 63, reader feedback and in serialized fiction and how to make use of it. Cool. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about? So I've been thinking about this and I can think of three useful ways in which you can use reader feedback. First one is expansion. Often when you get feedback after a chapter or an update, you'll find that readers have strong interest in some specific character or event or place that you might not have originally thought would be interesting enough to explore. And you can make use of that in future chapters. You can add a POV for a character you might not otherwise have been interested in. And that can be a good way to mix things up because you can get stuck in your existing points of view and get fewer ideas. Or... If you're willing to deal with more pacing difficulties, you could add entire extra chapters. In Marked for Death, this is a good time for interludes, which are very useful when we don't have time to write a full update or for some other reason don't wish to. So worth noting, Marked for Death is a quest, uh, which means that it is a story that's written collaboratively with the readers who vote on what the actions they want the protagonists to do, and they have some control over things like what specific plans the character will make and what specific goals the character will have that they want to like try to accomplish. But you're talking more than that. You're talking about like other characters in the story that might get more screen time if you notice the readers want to see more of them. Exactly. On occasion, a very minor character will capture the player's imagination and they will really want a full update just addressing that character, maybe their background, their current activities. Mm-hmm. Jaster, do you do that? And if so, to what extent? Yeah, I think I basically don't. <laughs> there is some extent to which I notice when readers really appreciate certain things about characters, and I want to try to give those characters more opportunities to shine in that regard, if it makes sense for them to. I don't think I've ever had a have had reader feedback influence something like whether a character will show up again. Like interlude characters are things I do too. There's like certain interlude characters that people have said, like, yeah, I really want that guy to show up again. Or I want one of these chapters again. Obviously, if it makes sense for the story to uh, have them come back, they will. And if it doesn't, they, I basically just don't really pay attention to that request much. But I do appreciate feedback that shows like what readers are getting out of the characters. And sometimes that will influence a little bit like what sorts of circumstances or like what sorts of perspectives I might put for the characters when they have the opportunity to like explore themselves more or get, 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 have more of their character explored. Uh, I think for me, it's a popular character or thing is more likely to show up. I do I do respond mm-hmm. to perceived popularity. 
I also don't I don't read comments on like Royal Road uh basically at all. I don't read them on Archive of Our Own. I mostly read them on the Rational subreddit or on my Discord because it's sometimes you just get the most terrible <laughs> kinds of <laughs> kinds of feedback. Right. I just don't need that in my life. Yeah. But I do notice what's popular and what's not and I will de-emphasize the stuff that people routinely are like oh this was like terrible and like I don't want to like I just can't stand this character right because right. like if I if, we, if you get a lot of that you're just like okay well yeah maybe I need to rethink things can't really go back and rewrite it to be better we've talked about that before, yeah, yeah. that's that's a, a tough serial thing but you can in the future you can you can sort of de-emphasize it's it's tough because you you sort of are making promises to your readers as you go and you want to fulfill those promises and you can't just like fully ditch a character but i don't know i still do try to like stay structured and work that other stuff into the structure as yeah. far as as far as emphasis for um this used to be about dungeons mizuki was a, a fan favorite and emperor the dog showed up more probably than he otherwise would have because people are just like oh my yeah. god emperor so showed up like three or four times always it's a minor dog, so it's a minor character yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not like influencing the flow of the plot or anything but yeah, how do you avoid Valoyan? How do you avoid Flanderization, I guess? Do you, do you know what that is? I do. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure what you mean by it here, though. Yeah, so I can expect someone being like, oh man, I really like this character because of these reasons. And then they're just like, okay, well, this character should like show up more often and then become, if they have like, a bigger part of the story than they otherwise would, maybe like the things that made them really work as like a one-off character, as a side character, start to get exaggerated maybe too much if they become a more regular character. But I don't know if that's necessarily true. It's just a thing that I worry about sometimes. I find that the more char- a character turns up, the more that leads us to think about them and their character arc. So mm-hmm. in fact, it benefits them because they get more development than they would otherwise. Mm-hmm. So there's no risk, for example, of if everyone really likes Orochimaru being this like cold serial killer type sociopath. Like You're not going to lean even more into that if he shows up more, if anything, you're going to start to see more nuance to him. Oh, there's certainly a risk. But I think having him show up more is an opportunity yeah. to do more with him. Yeah, makes sense. Do you ever have conversations with Eagle Jarl or Paperclip or, or Ollie about like other dif- like how, which characters should show up again based on like feedback? Occasionally. We certainly have conversations about what can be done with a character. Mm-hmm. Neat. All right. What else did you want to talk about? Well, there were three things I was originally mm-hmm. thinking about. Mm-hmm. The second one, which might prove a little more controversial, is the idea of course correction. Uh Obviously, sometimes players will react badly to a new character or an event, and that is fine as it should be, if it was remotely intentional. Sometimes, though, it is just poor writing, and they react in completely the opposite fashion than you intended, and that the facts should incline them to. Mm -hmm. And in that event, it is very useful to get immediate feedback and have a chance to course correct before, for example, their perception of a new character becomes fixed in the wrong direction, and after that, anything they do will be viewed with suspicion, for example. Right. Yeah, we have talked about this a little bit before in terms of uh, how much like a wrong impression of a character might get set if you misrepresent it yourself, maybe. Or like, I try to be very cognizant of, okay, if enough readers have taken away an impression of a character that I didn't intend, I probably portrayed them poorly in some way. Like, I, I didn't translate the thing that I wanted to to, like, sufficiently wide a range of audience where, like, maybe half of them would get it and the other half wouldn't. And, like, that's something that I need to, like, learn how to adapt to better, yeah. 
there is this is especially a problem with quests and similar formats uh -huh. because players base their decision making on the information you give them. Right. If you have accidentally given them the wrong information, they may be penalized through no fault of their own. Yeah, it's hard for me because I try to keep a backlog. I have not done that for the past like three months. Uh, I've uh, had basically no backlog, but it's harder to do the course correction mm -hmm. if you are like 10 chapters out. Yeah. Right? Because mm -hmm. then you're like looking through those 10 chapters and you're like, well, what can I change in mm -hmm. here that does not change the plot so much I need to rewrite all of this. But you can do a lot of changes in just in terms of like tone and like what kind of register you're using and yeah. stuff like that to make some alterations to how someone comes off, especially if you have someone who, I don't know. For me, I think when I get that kind of reader feedback, it is usually just one thing that I didn't think was that big a deal. Yeah. And the reader thought was a huge deal, especially for like a discord, it's a conversation. And so one person comes in with their take and then can like poison the well very easily. Mm -hmm. That's really hard to come back from. Sometimes I'll just be like, yeah, whatever. You're not going to like this. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Anchoring is interesting in that sense of like what the prevailing opinion is. Cause I never have a good sense of how many readers read reviews or watch the ongoing discussions and like the subreddit and stuff like that. So it is hard to know sometimes what percentage of readers are going to take this impression versus what's like the most like ones, like the, obviously the, the ones with the strongest feelings are going to be the more likely to comment ones. So yeah, it is hard for me to get that sense. I imagine for you, it might be easier Valorian just because like part of the process is monitoring. I imagine monitoring the conversation and seeing what the players are thinking. Or do you just like some, are there some updates where you're just like, oh, we'll just wait for the vote and check that. Otherwise I imagine it might just be a full-time job keeping up with the readers. I think that's a more fair description, yes. We're <laughs> constantly reading the Discord, the threads, as time allows. So we get very quick responses in terms of how people feel. Mm -hmm. That process also works both ways. Sure. In, in extreme circumstances, we can just reach out to the players and tell them this was a mistake. Here's what we meant. I didn't like doing that too much, mm -hmm. but it is always a fallback option if things will go wrong otherwise or have gone wrong already. Yeah, there have been like two or three chapters that I can remember off the top of my head that I just like, within the month after I published, I just like edited them and usually leave like an author's note for people who like didn't catch it the next update or something to say, hey, I, I tweaked this chapter or I like edited on this chapter because something like didn't come across clearly or something. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever done that. Mm -hmm. I, wor I worry so much about posting, and it's partly because I'm the format of Serial, mm -hmm. right, is you post a chapter and people usually read it at, right, like, immediately, right, yeah. Im immediately yeah. or within, you know, 12 hours or so, which is not, I guess that's enough time for me to make changes, but I have to be some really hasty feedback and some mm -hmm. really hasty changes. But I really worry for making minor changes or like the changes that I could make within like 12 hours. Mm -hmm. I worry that I would make those changes and then like half the readers aren't going to read yeah. the changes and like put in a note and be like, hey, you got to like, <laughs> this, I don't know. So I, I am not sure I have ever done that. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for... Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean... I guess not that long. Because you write so fast and, and have the backlog, I think it's also just less... It would be more of a, a burden to do that as much and also plausibly less of an issue if you have it more planned out ahead of time. For me, there's something like... Uh, some estimation of like the amount of people who will read it within the month it comes out is like pretty high of overall readers. But then there's also like the amount of people who will ever read the story. And like yeah. I'm thinking of that, I'm keeping that in mind also when I like edit, make edits or something. And there are people who like years after a chapter came out, they like 
hey, I've just been rereading the story, and like, I think I remember this part being different. Am I crazy, or did you change it? Like, yep, yeah, I changed it. It's also worth adding that in Marked for Death specifically, there are occasionally instances where we get big things wrong, or we are persuaded afterwards uh -huh. that big things wrong, and we do have to make retcons in order to preserve the quest as a whole. Mm -hmm. And do you mean uh, like mechanical things like like uh, go wrong, like like forgetting like a. Uh the effect of a thing should have been on like a role that the character should have made or do you mean like inconsistency in like the world building or something both mm -hmm. for example we had a memorable chapter where a party member assassinated an ally and <laughs> yeah <laughs> the players convincingly argued that the main character would have been awake and watching for this and therefore it shouldn't have happened right and so we rewrote to that scene yeah, quests are fascinating in the respect of like how much of it is an inter intercollaborative experience and like how well you have to like model the character and then how well the readers are modeling the character and if you model the character and the readers model the character doesn't line up, then like there's a lot of potential dissonance. Whereas to a serial fiction, I think the difference usually comes from like dissonance and the reader if they like they feel like they have reason to believe the character is going to act a certain way and they suddenly shift. It's like. It's less like they've lost control of a character and more like they just got fooled. Or like they, or they feel like a character that's like dropped, got the idiot ball or something. Which, obviously, as rational authors, we more or less try to avoid doing. So, so telegraphing that can be hard sometimes. Although, that is an issue of its own when it comes to quests. Mm -hmm. Because, after a point, the character believes whatever the players tell them to believe in the <laughs> yeah. current plan. And oh my god, there's so many times I've been reading and just been like, Hazza, what are you doing? Why are you doing this, Hazza? And they're like, oh right, because the reader is voted in a way that, that made it, this be the thing that Haas was going to do. I've been reading uh, Delayed somewhat, most of the story, so I have not been voting basically uh, for like the past like five years or something. Now, I did have one last mm -hmm. subtopic, which was adapting or stealing <laughs> ideas from player feedback. And the fact is, there will always be one of you, or maybe two or three of you, and many more readers or players, many of whom will have quite brilliant ideas, especially when it comes to certain areas such as cunning plans. You may think that your villain has a great two-step plan, but the players will come up with far more ingenious four-step plan, which also lines up with things that you don't even remember you wrote anymore. And <laughs> on the one hand, you don't want to grab things because you want to preserve the integrity of your work, and you also don't want players to feel, for example, they can't post pessimistic theories because you might use them. Uh -huh. Yeah. On the other hand, I feel there are two purposes when you're writing a story. One is that you have a story you want to tell, but the other is that you want your players or your readers to have the best time within the confines of what you're creating. And if that means using the best ideas you have access to, then that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Once in a while, I also have the experience of being like, oh, this comment this reader posted is way better than the idea that I had for this, so I'm totally stealing that. And like, you know, often what I do is like, I actually like, usually like send a note to my future self so that when that chapter comes up, give like a little shout out to the person or something. Or I'll, if someone predicts something also, like, I'll, like, I'll note that it was like predicted by this person or something, yeah. I don't think I take ideas very often. Mm -hmm. It's hard to remember a time when that's happened. But that's partly also because what'll happen more often is that I'll, uh, there'll be a good idea and then there's a reason that it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's not like in the text, but it's with like in my notes right. and my planning. I'm like, well, I'd have to change all these things yeah. to, to accommodate that. And it like would just throw a wrench in the works for all the things I had planned. Because usually when I write, I have 
unlike in the quest, I have the luxury of being able to plan out my climax. I think especially lately, that's been one of the things that I have been focused on. I want to like have a grand finale for an arc because I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. I think I, in the past, have underestimated how important that is. So I, I like try to figure out the ending first, and then I just try to make sure I'm not screwing up all my all my balls in the air as I get close to that ending. Mm-hmm. And then that's the that's the thing that's usually when people have ideas or whatever. That's I guess sometimes they're not ending related, right? Sometimes they're not yeah like a power up that would vastly change things. Sometimes they're just a good idea that can be slipped in. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I do that every once in a while, but it's. Yeah, I think the three of us do sit on like different ends of the spectrum where like you plan out quite a lot for your stories. Yeah. You are writing something right now that is very, very open-ended to the degree that like most serial fiction is not because the format is, is intercollaborative with the players, um, the readers. And for me, I, I like have these like bright spots of like what I'm like reaching towards in the story. Uh, some of them I've had like 10 years now of just like, yep, I know where the story is going. I know it's going to hit these like bright spots. Uh, and then like I'm kind of just figuring out the rest on the way uh, as I go. Um, and that's like works pretty well for some things. Other times it's like, oh, right. Yeah. I need to figure out how they get from here to that there. And then like, yeah, that's the time often when like the reader feedback sometimes is just like, oh, this is a pretty cool idea. I'm going to make it a little detour to, and then I'll just like loop into the next thing. Yeah. Do you write other things besides Mark for Death or have you, uh, before? Yes. I got into Mark for Death as a result of one of the other QMs reading my other rational narrative fanfic, Lighting Up the Dark, which is... Oh, Yeah. Presently on hiatus, but not quite as dead as it may Right, be. right, right. I remember reading this a long time ago. I don't remember how far I got. Yeah. Cool. Did you basically feel like Marked for Death subsumed the, the creative energy for that? Or was it like on hiatus before, before Marked for Death started? To a large extent, it subsumed it. Mm-hmm. To another extent, I think I was overambitious in my planning. And at some point, I need to sit down and seriously pare down my plans for the overall arc to turn to do something I have the time and energy to write. Makes sense, yeah. Any other thoughts that we'd want to talk about on this reader feedback topic? I just want to note that a lot of these things that are to a large extent applicable to serial fiction, to a certain extent applicable to quests, also that happens to pen and paper role-playing. Oh yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I was going to bring that up earlier, I forgot. Yeah, being a DM, I imagine, is very similar to writing a quest in a way that writing a serial is, is less so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and... I guess in the quest you do need to, to worry about just taking a sharp left turn mm-hmm. where you did not <laughs> did not want to or do or did not expect to. That's the the most common problem in dungeon mastering. You build your your quest and your dungeon and you try to think of every way that a person might want to approach it, and then they pick the one that you did not plan for, and you gotta like just really scramble and construct something on the fly. Like, to try to satisfy that, whatever they're trying to do, whatever they're trying to, like, not only, like, accomplish, but also the things that they want out of the game, like, fun. Right. Absolutely. I think, to a large extent, that's even more true in quests. In role-playing, your players might reach a crossroads, and you've given them all the hints to go left, and they go right. In quests, they reach the crossroads, give them hints to go left, they build a hot air balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... In a tabletop game, the players might try to build a hot air balloon, but like it's like their choice what their character is going to do in any case, and you as the QM writing the character then has to like figure out how to make their idea fit the character that you are writing, which feels like an extra challenge because it's not yeah. just yeah, it's not just like okay now how do I have the story react to this or how do I like develop this in the world? It's more like 
how do I get this character who I was envisioning this way now suddenly is doing this thing because the characters, the readers want them to do this thing. Yeah. And if a character in a role-playing game acts inconsistently, <laughs> that's really the player's right. prerogative, right? If they just want to, yeah. you know, you can't explain it wrong because you're not the one explaining it. It's, it's their problem. I mean, it's the table's problem, but yeah. it's, it's <laughs> usually when players come up with these stupid ideas, uh, they are... And I don't mean that. I mean that in a loving way. Uh, uh, when they come up with these stupid ideas, it says a group usually. Yeah, yeah. And they they just all have that collective insanity. Of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. Whereas with a quest character, not only do we have to figure out how it fits in, we also have to figure out how this is going to carry across in the future, where we will still be the ones writing the character, except they will now have that as part of their background. Is there any, ever a time that you felt? Like, as a team, you've been, like, looking at the, the votes and you're like, this just doesn't feel appropriate to what the character would do such that we just have to, like, reject the suggestion, or...? More often than you'd think. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, like, reader feedback sometimes is like, we would really like the story to go in this direction. And you're like, that's sorry, that's just not the story that we're telling at this point. Like, the time for this was, like, a hundred chapters ago or something. What we have is something we call the Hazard Pilot. <laughs> right, right. Right, I remember reading a little bit about this, yeah. Originally, it was a device to bridge the gap between the player's knowledge of the world, which is necessarily limited, and the character's knowledge of the world as somewhere he grew up and understands the details and the laws of ninja behavior and all that. Over time, the Hazard Pilot has developed in function. He has, to an extent, his own identity. There are some courses of action he will reject because he instinctively knows they're stupid, but also some that are too far away from the character as his experiences have shaped him. For example, he will not be too cruel or sadistic. Right. And if the players vote in a course of action we feel is too cruel and sadistic, the Hazard Pilot has the right to override them. There was a, an important vote in which it was decided that he would have this power for good and for ill. Yeah, I actually really appreciate the way you guys have sometimes, because I don't follow the voting process almost at all these days, and like every so often Hazard will like think of a thing at the start of an update and like discard it. And I'm like, I get why that's happening. That's happening because the readers suggested something and then like either it wasn't voted on fully or like it didn't get enough votes or it got enough votes, but like Hazo has some information they don't that's going to contradict that. So he's going to, yeah. Occasionally it's also this idea cannot be made to work. So we're just registering it before moving on. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Mark for Death is on the more permissive side of quests. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Because I, I tried writing a quest once <laughs> and I made it like six updates or something. And the plan had been I will give set options. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be like write in votes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all going to be stuff that I think would make for a good story, which would like legitimately send it in different directions, but it's all stuff mm-hmm. that fits the characters and stuff. I think you're doing the hard mode. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. We currently have a 300-word limit on plans above which there are XP penalties. But within those, anything goes, as long as it can be made to happen. Yeah, I think you guys are challenging yourselves quite a lot with the unique player feedback and reader feedback uh, interaction. But it makes for a very cool story sometimes, so I'm happy to read it. All right, thanks for joining us. Hopefully I will edit this sometime in the next two to three months and the episode might go up then but there's a couple of episodes going before that yeah thanks for joining us hope it was a fun conversation with you guys it was thank you